I'm Steven. And I'm Kevin. In today's episode of The Steven and Kevin Show, we're going to talk about how to make marketing a team effort. Hello everyone and welcome back to episode 80 of the Stephen and Kevin show and today we're going to be talking about how to make marketing a team effort. So today we're going to talk about ways to incorporate the whole team in your growth. And this does not mean that, alright, well I'm tired of doing the sales, I'm delegating that to somebody else, right? Somebody else has got to be our growth engine. Here, here's, here's, here's a common scenario. Hey, I'm hiring a junior and you are my new marketing person. Right. right. Wouldn't it be great if all of this stuff worked without even me being part of it, right? right. Uh, I'm just going to have all this stuff done. Well, it just doesn't usually work that way. No. So what we're going to talk about today is just a better path. It's mm -hmm. not to say that people on your team, let's say, for example, a junior advisor may not be groomable for later and right. getting into sales. And maybe you've got some people that have been there with you for five, six, eight, ten years that maybe are ready to do some selling. That's mm -hmm. fine. But um, what we're talking about more today is how the team can play a role in helping to plan for the marketing, helping track the marketing, and how everybody can be outsourcing opportunities. Yeah, because you're surrounded by some smart, creative people. So how do we start incorporating them in, and making them feel involved in the marketing process? We're going to share with you three specific ways to do that today. And we're going to start with number one here, and that is marketing planning. Yeah, and I think uh, the reasoning behind this is that most people wing it when it comes to marketing. That's right. And most teams, if you, most funny, the average financial team that we end up working with would have one financial advisor, one support person. Sure. I mean, a lot of times, yeah. right? Sure. Uh, let's say there's two or three financial advisors and six or eight support people. The dynamic still doesn't change a whole lot. That prospecting is a lonely sport. And nobody really knows what the lead rainmaker, the lead marketer is doing because was, they don't have it planned out. I was working with a team where it was exactly what you talked about, an advisor, an assistant. Um, the advisor was working with, with us from the coaching standpoint, right? And he's going out and he's doing a lot of networking and, and you know, out and about in the community, but he was really, I mean, he was doing it with strategic intent, right? His, his goal was prospecting. Assistant sitting back, um, she was getting upset. He's gone all the time, right? He's not even working half the time. Well, she's not involved in the marketing planning and she should be, right? She should know how it all functions and the goals of the team. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you think about how the team is typically involved. They typically see, at best, the end product. Either new clients are coming in or they're not. Or either we have some new leads or we don't. But they don't see the underlying, you know, what generates that. Yeah, so maybe you sit down with them and you talk about, okay, what are some upcoming prospecting opportunities right now in our pipeline? What, uh, let's talk about Facebook ads. Let's talk about maybe some LinkedIn direct messaging. Let's talk about client events and, and planning for those. Let's talk about how introductions work. All of a sudden you start incorporating and educating other team members on marketing. And one, you're starting to plan more, which I, I'm telling you will improve your overall marketing. Um, and two, they all feel like, they all feel more bought in and a part of the process. Oftentimes people come to us and they want, they want a couple of things. They want growth to happen within their business. They want to go out and find new clients. And they also want to see growth in terms of attracting other advisors to their team who may be able to help down the road. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that we stress to them is that the more structure that you put around your growth and marketing right now, even if it's just you, 
the more attractive it is and the more scalable it is to add other people into it. That's right. So for example, if it's, if it's just me now, and I see Kevin, he's working down the street and uh, you know, kind of a low performer, but maybe salvageable and he's got a decent personality. Maybe, maybe I could do something. I mean, it's salvageable. <laughs> you know, if I bring Kevin in and I say, well, here's how I've kind of always done it, or just you know, shadow me, it's a little different than saying, Kevin, would love to welcome you on board. I mean, here's the system we have for client acquisition. Here's how we plan for it. Here's how we track it. Here's how we find opportunities. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, it's a lot more attractive to somebody like him, and it's a lot, I don't know, a lot more likely that he succeeds in it. Yeah, I know this is not the topic of today's webinar, but also in terms of business valuation, right? I mean, when someone's coming in and looking at potentially purchasing your practice at some point, and you're like, well, we have a whole system for acquisition, and we have this machine that's running, and it works really well, it's definitely going to be more uh, desirable. Exactly. Our planning, uh, here's yeah. how we plan for it, here's how we track it. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, Kevin. And so when we think about the planning effort, structure matters. So do we, you know, do we meet to talk about it? Yeah. But when do we meet? How often? What do we talk about? Is there an agenda? And that's the kind of structure that we're talking about. So for many of you, um, I think this is especially helpful as your team gets beyond one or two people. That, that, get into three and four and five people, having a regular meeting that's a planning meeting for marketing really helps. And that agenda might include what, Kevin? Well, I, I mean, it, it could be going through existing pipeline, right? And I think that's something that you should do on a regular basis anyway, and it's, it's great to show people what you're working through. Um, and then some of the other things that we talked about in terms of like if you're doing intimate events, planning, touch points with centers of influence, again, and not to give you kind of all the specific things that we focus on in our coaching program, but you should be going through key marketing activities and next steps. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what tends to happen when you want more accountability and most teams could benefit in our industry, most teams need not just a little more accountability. They need a lot more accountability. Well, most, most advisors we work with don't have anyone who's holding them accountable. No. So how do you incorporate that in a way that doesn't feel like, um, uh, you know, let's say, for example, you want more accountability in the team. How do you get it done without having to go around and knock on everybody's door and say, did you complete A, B, and C? Well, having a regular meeting like this to where everybody talks about what their plans are for marketing. And then step two, in terms of tracking how to go about this, um, it's embarrassing if you come to the table with nothing, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, we and we do meetings like this too. We have like marketing meetings where we sit down, we have a whole scorecard for our business and, and we, we help advisors build scorecards, but um, we have a whole scorecard for our business of key marketing activities and where everything stands. And if you don't want to go into that meeting and yours is empty, right? That's that's not fun. No, but it's not like because everybody's like, oh, no. You no, know, but it's, it's, just just like, you. it's just embarrassing. You're like, it's embarrassing. oh, well, um, yeah, I was on, uh, I was out for vacation and, um, oh, yeah. It's, no, no, it's no. embarrassing. Get it done, right? So uh, first things first, we all plan it together. Yeah. We come together with a big vision for how we're going to grow the business and we're going to plan this stuff, not only on a big level like this year, how are we going to grow, but on a weekly level, what are we going to do to grow? Yeah, I, I, like, the, I like the whole activity tracking component and, and then also giving team members certain activities or certain numbers that they might report in on. So they're responsible. You're responsible for this number. You're responsible for that number. And then they all feel, again, more a part of the process. Yeah, absolutely. So when you think about you know, shifting gears and talking about tracking, the first thing is thinking about what you're going to track. Some people try to track too, much. too many things. Yeah. Some people track the wrong things. By the wrong things, I mean they're tracking activities that they're going to do no matter what. Client review meetings, for example. Mm -hmm. um, we want you tracking things that are really high priority and things that you might otherwise not do. Right. And that's why you have team members who are part of this. It's Could, kind of like with... Go ahead. It's kind of like with... with uh, 
you know, with an activity that you're a little bit leery of doing. Let's say, for example, if I said I need to be more active in social prospecting, I need to ask people that I know socially to do business with me as a financial advisor. Hmm. It's a little scary. There might be times where I chicken out a little bit, yeah. right? If you know about it and everybody else on the team knows about it and you're asking me about it as part of one of our weekly meetings, I'm more likely to do it. Yeah, how many times well, – we, we did a podcast on this, like how many times you're actually asking for the business, yeah. right? And that should be like one of the number one activities you track because it's one of the highest impact and it's also one of the most you – know, it's out of comfort zone, so it's easy to avoid. That could be an example of one that you track. Um, surprise and delight gifts could be one that, that you track. Um, you know, contacts with centers of influence, showcase meetings with COIs, um, sourcing names, asking for introductions, right? You as a team, if you do the planning right and you come up with what your activities are going to be, you drill those down into to fixed daily or weekly activities and you're going to track those now and then you're getting everyone involved in that tracking process. Yeah, absolutely. And then finally, sourcing opportunities is the third way that the team contributes to marketing. And this is where we, we try to be really clear with team members who are non-producing team members, non-sales team members about how they play a role in this. And it is not that we accept, expect them to get out and, and sell for us. I think that's a really important concept because we, we gave a presentation recently to a bunch of advisors and their assistants, right? And, we, and sometimes the assistants are, are raising their hand and they're saying, well, am I, I'm now responsible for client acquisition. Well, they can see the writing on the wall. Right. They've been down that path before where right. it's like, I've got a great idea that you're going to implement. Yeah, and that's not the case. But we're showing you ways that they support the process. And when you're thinking about sourcing opportunities, there are – I mean, every now and then they might see an opportunity. It hits them right in the face. And are they ready? One, do they recognize it? And two, do they know how to convert it? Again, you're not telling them to go proactively do this, but every now and then, you know – there's going to be they're going to be having some friends over for dinner and someone's going to ask them about what they do right or ask them about like oh well um you know what what makes your planning firm different than the one i'm currently with and they have to be able to articulate that stuff yeah and it's an extreme rarity when we go to we do an onsite i just got back from one um in montreal just uh yeah this week and one of the things that you always find for teams that are even teams that are really really good at what they do you still find there to be some you know, a, a variance in the way that people explain what sets them apart, mm -hmm. especially with, with team members. So if you could go across any team across the, the U.S. and Canada and you'd sit down with them, and 99 times out of 100, people would have different explanations for what sets that team apart and what makes them special. And it's not that everybody has to have the right answer, but everybody ought to have a good answer for it. That's right. And so when you're talking to team members, Kevin mentioned that you want them to be aware of what opportunities look like. So when you drill into that a little bit further, if if I'm talking to an assistant on a team, I'm saying, hey, here's some things to be on the lookout for. Not that we're expecting you get out and sell, but just keep your ears open. If you have somebody in between jobs, you have somebody selling a business, you have somebody asking you questions about, you know, not just casually how's work, but they're asking you one or more or three or four questions. Yeah, around. Just one too many inquisitive questions yeah. that show some interest. Yeah, exactly. These are things that maybe you bring to our attention. That's all we're saying. Yeah, and they have to be able to articulate, you know, kind of your value proposition, your differentiators, how to suggest a meeting with a team leader, um, just doing those things. Uh, Steven, I want you to share this story because I, th I think it, it was kind of funny, but uh, you were doing an onsite with a mega team and you did individual meetings with all team members. And I think you asked one of the assistants something about like what sets them apart and her response was just, I mean, it was it was not good. Or, or no, no, here's, here's what it was, Steven. She <laughs> Didn't you ask her um, when someone said, like, what do you do, 
or something, and she said, I work for the top sales producer and ball, or something like yeah, salesperson yeah. at see, XYZ firm. We were on a series a while back where we went out and uh, <laughs> you know, just spent time with uh, dozens of teams across the country, just learning more about what they're doing, giving them some advice on their marketing. And top meeting. teams, these are like super successful teams. Yeah, very interesting roadshow. And what you find is that, you know, when you ask people on the team how they explain things about the team, yeah. It, it, it makes you cringe sometimes, and that's a really good example of somebody who said, yeah, I work for the top sales guy here at XYZ Firm. You're like, no, no, no. no don't say that. And yeah. then when you went back to the, the senior advisor and told him that that's what, that what she was saying, I mean, he was not, he was not happy about that. Well, yeah, but I, I think it's... Uh, but it's his fault, right? Because he hasn't coached the team on how to you know, have that consistent message. Well, you look at it, you know, while getting too far off topic, most advisors have a hard time explaining that themselves. Much That's less true. getting that across to other people. Yeah, and you could bet we'd have the same issue here. Like, even though we talk a lot about what sets us apart, I would bet that if you go out there to the start, main office where everybody's sitting, you start to pull people out one by one, and you would say, "Don't pull us into this." Season. You would say, but you're "Really? Right, though, but you're you right. have to think a lot about it." And it and it takes reinforcement that even if somebody were able to explain it pretty well two years ago, would they explain it well today? Yeah. Because your business model shifts, and I bet the same is true for all of you. I mean, I, I was up in New York with a major firm, and we are talking to some of their, their head of training and, and also a lot of their regional managers, and they're out in the field a lot of times coaching you know, at FAs. And um, we asked them basically, like, well, what are some of the main things that your advisors are coming to you and needing coaching or support on? And it was like, the basics of value propositions, right? Which you would think that would be nailed down. So one, you gotta nail it down. Two, you gotta make sure that everyone on the team has it nailed. Yeah, I, I would be willing to bet that for most of you out there, as we're, we're talking about marketing as a team effort, for most of you out there, your marketing would get a real kick in the pants if you did nothing else today, but to have an all hands on deck where you do nothing but talk about growth of the company. Yeah. And everybody comes together and you say, hey gang, we're gonna talk really about two big things here. We're gonna talk about how we can get together more often and plan our marketing. And we're gonna talk about how we're gonna track all this. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be any simpler than coming up with, let's say for example, you came up with two activities or three activities that you're gonna do and how we're gonna track it and when we're gonna talk about it. Your, your productivity would go up, I'll guarantee it. Yeah. It just, uh, and, but, but how few teams have this really surprises us. Now, if you really, really want to kick in the pants and you want someone to help you coordinate that meeting that Steven's talking about and help run it, uh, you could consider joining our coaching program, right? A coach would be on the line with you and the team talking about the marketing strategies, talking about the activities to track, creating a scorecard with you and getting everyone involved in the process. Yeah, I mean, when you think about what it costs to join a program like ours. You could look at it and you could say, oh, it's a, it's a little little pricey, huh? 3,000 down, 595 a month. Um, but you could also look at it and say, you know, if I've got some people who know what they're doing, which our coaches really do, who's gonna feed me with ideas and strategies from other people who are working at live in the field and bringing in big business, and they're gonna hold me consistently accountable for this, you get a lot of what we're talking about here today in terms of help with planning and tracking and accountability you can't help but put up bigger numbers than like 10 grand a year. Right. Right. You can't help but bring in more business than that, than more than makes up. Well, how many new clients do you need that actually justifies the expense? For most people, just one. Yeah. So anyway, uh, if you haven't already, take us up on a coaching consultation. Happy to chat with you about it. Great time of year and uh, to, to be thinking about that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Thanks for joining everybody.